Hey, Sam here, and I know your day's crazy, but I've got a quick idea to take your stress from overwhelmed to under control. So let's tackle systems from the classroom to your living room, one simple step at a time. This is the Simple Systems with Sam podcast. Hello again. Welcome back to our summer of systems. Today, it is probably going to be a little obnoxious in the background. It is, you know, the 4th of July, which means that in the United States, there are fireworks going off constantly for weeks. And it's really hard to edit those sounds out. So you might hear a couple loud booms. Everything is fine. We're going to talk today about something that you need to have in mind as you're setting up systems for your classroom. And especially if you've downloaded the Classroom Essentials Setup Guide, I will link it again in the show notes for you. It is a free guide of all of the things that I wish I had known or thought to have set up before the first day of school and things that you can touch without even going into your classroom. The things that you want to have ready and will make you feel more prepared before day one. I've gone through the older version of this list every single year, and now that I'm updating it with hyperlinks and with so many links to podcast episodes and YouTube videos and anything I can think of that'll help new teachers out, I'm so pumped to go through it again. And I'll be walking through these steps in my Instagram stories. If you want to follow along over at Engineered as Education or Simple Systems with Sam, they will be posted there. Today, we're going to talk about seven ways to go quote unquote minimalist in your classroom. And while the traditional minimalist is getting rid of a bunch of stuff, there are more ways to look at minimalism. And I've talked about quite a few on the podcast, but today we're going to hit seven minimal systems in your classroom or seven ways to think minimal in your classroom so that you aren't overworking yourself and overexerting yourself for things that really aren't going to produce a benefit for you. And so, yes, the first one is to have minimal stuff in your room. And I've talked about my previous room where I had one cabinet and I got really serious about what was in there and what I could keep. And you know what? I barely, if ever, had to really come home and find stuff from my little spot in the garage and take it into the class with me. You will be shocked how few things you can last with in the classroom. And the easiest way to go about this is as you transition into this new school year, if you're moving classrooms, if you're starting a new classroom, only take one car load at a time. And I'm not saying stuff it to the brim. Take only the things you legitimately think you will use or need and then start supplementing after the school year starts. It's going to seem like it's hard to do, but if you remember that you don't have to be the one to supply everything for all of your students in case of emergency, it'll be a lot easier. Also, if you keep minimal decor, which actually wasn't even on my list, but minimal decor is helpful too. The less stuff you have, the less stuff that students can get into, the less stuff that you have to find a new home for, the less things can get broken. Having minimal stuff in a classroom is just overall a stress-lowering tactic. Number two is minimal assignments. Especially the first few years of teaching, you feel like you need to go ahead and give grades for all of the work and effort people are putting in. And even post-pandemic, I think a lot of us are really trying to reward students who are doing the work by giving them the grades that they have earned because other students may not be reflecting that type of effort. However, that is just giving you more work. If you'd like to keep up the number of assignments you have, then that's great but consider how you grade them. Can you do completion? Can you spot check an assignment here or there? Can you have students do notebook checks? Can you have students grade and then hand in the paper so that you can just write down a number? How can you manage that for yourself? 
This year, I plan on cutting about 70% of the assignments that I took last year and just shifting them into other categories. I will still include labs. I will still include homework. I will include classwork grades, but there's going to be less of it and it's going to be more impactful when I do take it. Now, are we still going to do little formative checks? Of course. Are they still going to do quote unquote worksheets? Yes, but they're not going to be all graded for the grade book. In fact, I'm going to keep it kind of a mystery for them and I'm going to turn to a notebook style setup for my freshman classes, which I will get way more into in another episode, I promise. But that is going to relieve a lot of my grading stress and students are still going to get the feedback they need and they're going to be able to improve as they go. This last year in the second semester, I had realized that I was putting more work on myself to give students grades that I thought corresponded to the effort they were willing to put in class. And that required me to collect more assignments. But because of that, my stress level went up. The quality of my teaching actually went down because I was always so stressed out. I couldn't engage with them as freely as I wanted to. And you know what? They still all earned the grades that they would have gotten if I didn't collect all those assignments. So when you give an assignment, I want you to decide if it really needs to be collected for a full grade or how you can modify it so that you can minimize that assignment load. Number three is going to be minimal policies. And I know this kind of sounds a little crazy because in the classroom essential setup guide, yes, I am still tuning my own horn. I am so proud of this thing. There is an entire page dedicated to policies. If you look, though, there's actually not that many policies listed because I think that you would create more if you had a full list of all the things that could come up and go potentially wrong in your classroom. But I think that the key is to have one to three major overarching rules. That's it. If you want to create like this 10-step program or like this cool acronym for your classroom, especially if your kids are in secondary and they have six to eight to 12 teachers that they have to like bounce between all their rules and expectations, it's too much. Keep it simple for them and simple for you. When it comes to technology policies, have a hard line on technology so that they know when they've crossed it and there's no if, ands, or buts. For example, food or drink in class. After I got burned by this one this last year, my food and drink policy is water only at the tables and you have to have it filled up before you come to class. I cannot excuse another freshman to co-fill up their water bottle mid-class because they are (coughs) parched. Nope, you'll be fine. When it comes to academic policies, a lot of these are going to be found in a school handbook And you only really need to create your own if you plan on modifying it to be more strict than your school policy. For example, my late work policy is going to be a little bit more strict than my school policy. And my policy is going to be that I'm not taking late work. I used to have a policy where it was 10% off every day, maximum 50% off. And you could turn it in before the unit test. All of those are qualifications that are extremely hard to track especially when you take in absences. And if you're behind at all on grading, it just becomes so hard to monitor. So what I'm doing now, no late work, but because I'm also cutting down on assignments and I'm giving them so much work time in class on the things that I am collecting, it shouldn't be an issue. Now, are you going to have people who fight back on some of these things? Yes. However, the more simplistic your policy is, the easier it is for everybody to follow. Number four is minimal student procedures. So going to the next page in the setup guide, I have a whole bunch of routines that I think you should consider before day one. And if it has more than three steps to it, it is too many steps. Like I said, most of these secondary kids are going to have 
at least five teachers, probably closer to double digits. That's a lot of steps and routines to remember and follow through on and to do effectively every time you're in a room. But if you have a simple routine for when students enter class that they know what they should look at and make them do, even if the entire routine is look at the board and follow directions, one step, that's one step. If that is your routine, then you need to stick to it. And every time you need them to do more than three steps for entering the classroom, the first step should be follow the steps on the board. And that's it. A lot of times with these routines, we want to add in some sort of element that we think is going to simplify everything in our classroom. We think that maybe having a QR code to scan in and out of our classroom is going to make things easier. But then it causes extra steps of the student scanning out, the student forgetting to scan back in, you having to go check, you having to submit something. It becomes a lot. So instead, if you can simplify the routines that your students have to follow, then you are going to feel a lot lighter because you will not have to be repeating the routines constantly. The next thing that I think that you really need to go minimalist in in your classroom is your teacher procedures. The same thing with student routines. Teacher routines can get a little cumbersome. In fact, a lot of us probably go a few steps overboard in most of the things that we do, and we really need to take a look at what we can reel back in. What steps are actually not helping you? What types of things are you doing in your grading that are making things a lot harder for you? And I actually used to have this stamping policy and I loved my classroom stamps and I'm still using them in a different way now, but I would have a different stamp for late work, for no names, for doing a great job. And it was so many different stamps that I made my own procedure way too cumbersome to stick with. And so now what did I do? I created a massive multi-line stamp. And I can just checkbox whichever comment I want to leave. That became a lot easier for me. But also when it comes to things, but this is also where things like templates come into play. What type of ways can you simplify your own planning and your execution of the things that you are going to have to do every single day? Where can you cut the steps out of your procedure? Because you probably made the procedure up. So it's very, very possible that you can go ahead and simplify some piece of it. And that leads me into number six. Just because every other teacher does it doesn't mean you have to. So go minimalist in your support materials. Whether that is the note pages, whether that's doodle notes that you're constantly creating on your own, or for me, slides. I don't make slides anymore. I make morning slides with the things that my students need to do for bell work. And then I don't teach from slides. In the last year, I probably created two sets of slides myself that I taught from. Most of it is actually just me going through on the iPad or on the whiteboard, the notes that we're taking for the day and lecturing in like a story format so that they're following along and taking notes from what I'm saying and what I'm putting up on the board. And that has worked wonders because it allows me to change more on the fly from what students need and what they're asking questions about. And I can modify things as I go. This has been really great for my freshmen. And when it comes to things like a physics class that is a little bit more math-based, it's a lot easier generally for me to go ahead and just do the work up on the board than to have to type in all the math. Nobody wants to type in that much math on the computer. There's also a lot less prep that goes into it. I can create my own page of notes in a notebook and just go from there. I can leave the notes up on the board for students who might need a little bit extra time copying things down. And then I add any additional notes that we added to the board 
onto my copy. So now my copy is the master copy. It has everything on it. I can scan it and go. And this might not work for everybody, but this is one thing that I have gone minimal in that has been a true game changer because I don't have to spend so much time prepping or typing the math into slides. Now, you might have something else that you use in your classroom that you realize you can go minimal on because the procedure for you is complicated or time-consuming. And with that, the fireworks have started outside, so you might hear some loud booms. But the very last one that I want to talk about is an important one because it's something that all teachers struggle with, and we're going to be very passionate and direct about making sure that we keep this one in the forefront of our thoughts this year. And the number seven way to go minimalist in your classroom is to have minimal wasted time. And I'm not talking about during a lesson. Obviously, we all try to engage our students for as long as we need to for them to get the material and then spend the time engaging them by checking their work and making sure that they understood what was going on, doing all the millions of things we have to do when it comes to just assessing our students' abilities in the moment. What I'm talking about is our wasted time during contract hours that is then going to cause us to lose time outside of contract hours. We haven't talked about teacher-focused blocks super in-depth in a while, but you have small chunks of time that can each be dedicated to completing some sort of task. And for a lot of us, we use that time as decompression time, but we also need to be aware that the time that we could be using to complete some tasks is then going to be traded into our evening time when we are not at school or pushed constantly into our stressful mornings. And while it's really complicated and it's not as easy as just saying do your work at school, if you can go minimal in all of the other things that we've talked about, you should be able to spend less time needing to decompress and more time being able to focus on grading the minimal amount of assignments or following up with emails based off of your simplified policies. And if you listened to the episode about how to use ChatGPT to streamline some systems as a teacher, I'll put that episode in the show notes too. But you can go and create template emails to send out to parents as part of your simplified teacher procedures. We're going minimal in some things, but it's going to all add up into a much bigger time saved and less stress overall for what we need to get done. So if we can go through each of these seven things, having minimal time wasted is going to just kind of happen for us. We're going to stay focused during the school day so that we can have a block of time that is scheduled for grading. So we can have a block of time that is work on copying or creating the next assignment for your students. So we can have blocks of time set aside for lab prep, which we will have episodes about labs, don't you worry. But if you can go minimal in the amount of stuff that's in your room, minimal on the amount of assignments that you hand out to grade, minimal on the policies and the consequences for your policies, making them simple to follow and simple to follow up on. If you can go minimal on student procedures, so you're not always having to repeat yourself and students feel confident in your room. If you can go minimal on your own procedures so that you don't have to follow so many steps and you have templates lined up to make the rest of it easier. If you can go minimal by maybe cutting out slides that you prepare, then you'll find that you are minimizing your time wasted because you have the energy to focus on what you need to get done in that moment. So those are my seven ways to go quote unquote minimalist in your classroom. 
If you have any thoughts or ideas or more ways that you would go minimal, go ahead and send me a message over on Instagram at Engineer Does Education, or go ahead and shoot me an email at hello at engineerdoeseducation.com. And coming up on the one-year anniversary of the podcast, I just want to say I'm so thankful that you're here, and I cannot wait to hear what ideas you have that I can help you out with in the future. Until next time. Thanks for hanging out today. I hope that this simple step will help build big results in your classroom, home, and life. Remember to subscribe, review, and tag me on social media at Engineer Does Education so we can build a simple system together.